What I wanted to talk this morning about is peace, God's peace. What does that mean to us? Why does Scott fail so often to secure that, to have that peace that he's offered us? For about three years, I'm going to say I've had some stresses, uh, largely at work. I like what I do. I'm an electrician with a small company, and we do uh, a lot of government-type work, cities, counties, park districts, uh, PUDs, and I like the work uh, real well. What I don't like is the paperwork and the things that come with working with governments. And over time, I've had to find I'm waking up at 2 or 4 in the morning and can't get back to sleep because I'm fretting about problems that are real or contrived and not in peace. And so I think the Lord's been dealing with me. And it's not that we all go through times of stress or things in your life. And likely your problems or your concerns are different than mine. But... um, the idea that God has offered us peace. And for me, so this has been good. I'm going to say I've had other times of stress in life, but uh, for me, um, say in the last couple months, so I bid these public jobs. We did one with the city of Tacoma. And uh, there's usually five to ten quotes on it. And I was low bidder, which is pretty awesome. The problem was I was significantly low. And it's not that I couldn't complete it for what I had said, but it didn't seem wise to. And additionally, when you do these kind of jobs, what happens is in order to present a quote, you have to give them a check, and it's called a bid bond. And um, it's for a significant amount of money. And if you don't fulfill your contract, you lose that. So I decided the best thing to do was to forfeit this bid bond and um, move on, which uh, I I struggled with. Uh, I struggled with what's the right thing to do here, what's the best thing to do. Lord, help me make a good decision. Uh, In the last couple weeks, I've had three quotes, uh, let's say for 15% of my annual income, and uh, on the quote, I was less than 2% off, a second bidder out of, I don't know, six or eight, and a job I would have liked to have done. A second one uh, in the same range of time and and annual income, uh, I uh, was one-tenth of 1% high on the second bidder. So not 1%, but one-tenth of 1%. And it's kind of like you go... Gee, for $200, I could change dozens of things. And then, incredibly, last week, we had one. This is probably six weeks' work, and 30% of my company's income next year. Incredibly, we tied exactly the same number with a number better. And you have to say, Lord, how can that be? Now, next week, through a coin flip, we're going to decide who gets to do the job. That's what the state law is. You flip a coin. And not that my problems are any different or worse or bigger than yours. I know that there's people in this congregation that have life concerning health issues. And on the scope of them, mine are fairly minor. But it's still, it's what concerns me. 
And I only bring that out because we're kind of all in this together. Do you have stresses in your life? Do you have times where you maybe wait, you wake up at two? Maybe call me. I don't know. <laughs> but um, I think we all go through that. It could be kids. It could be family. It could be work. It could be employees. could be a host of things. It could be finances. But we all go through those stresses. The good news is we have company in this Bible of Moses and Esther and Mordecai and Sarah and King David and most all the prophets, Elisha, Gideon. You could go through the list, and if you read that, you see how that they struggled in some areas, and they came back to our God is a good God, and he has a plan for us. David does that the best where he kind of starts a psalm and is saying kind of woe is me and then he ends up with God is great and that's where we want to end up but if you I think there's probably two others besides me in here that have some stresses in their life I I don't know but uh, we're in we're in good company if that's the case we know for certain that uh, it's bad for us. It, it, you know, medically, we know study after study shows how many people are hospitalized or these different things, uh, all kinds of ailments because of stress that isn't dealt with. And we know for certain as well that um, drugs or alcohol or other type of abuses is going to lead to long-term failure. It may not even be what we'd call a sinful thing. Maybe it's too much golf for fishing. It's just your life is out of balance. But uh, God has a plan for us. Today I'm, I'm going to give quite a few verses, and I, unless you're really fast, you won't be able to keep up. You can write them down. And I know context matters. I, I think Chris has told us that context matters. The context is a little broader this morning, it's about the Bible. And it's about what does God have to say about peace. I'm not going to read too much around them because I want to give you a flavor, a sense of something that we probably all know intuitively. We all know if I asked you, does God want us to have peace, the answer would be yes. We know that that's true, but we fail to, I fail to practice that. So... In keeping with that, I'm talking about God's peace. Does the world have peace? Does your neighbor who doesn't know Christ have peace? I think there's a measure of that. If they go out and it's sunny and they feel the warmth of the sun and the tide and the wind, and yes, I I think so. I think if they follow God's principles and finances of working hard, being honest, doing the right thing, I think if they do in fact love their spouses and kids and those kind of things. There's, there's a measure of peace there. We know that in the end, that's not enough. God will say, I never knew you. But there's a measure of peace there. But we also know, I believe it's terribly sadly, one student a year in North Kitsap School District commits suicide. What a tragedy. A young person their life to live, should have every reason to hope. We can read the newspaper and we see 
athletes, uh, actors, singers, people of notoriety that take their own life. And sometimes they don't directly take it, sometimes through abusive habits or patterns, trying to cope with what they don't have, that peace of God. Uh, they destroy their lives. So does the world have peace? I, I think it has a measure of it if they follow God's plan, but at the same time, there's not lasting peace there. Now, my nature would be, I want the easy button. Is there a button that I can hit for peace? Can we put one back by the offering plate where on every way out, everybody can just hit the peace button? It's not going to happen, right? It, it doesn't work quite like that. There's no box to check. But there are uh, guidelines in the Bible that gives us an idea. Luke 2.13, at his birth, the angel said, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Luke 24.36, after his resurrection, Jesus stood among them and said, Peace be with you. John 14, 27, Jesus' teaching said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give as the world gives. I give, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Is that great? Jesus said that. He said it to them and he said it to us. Jesus' teaching again in John 16, 33, he says, I have told you these, that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. In him, when he says I, we're talking about Jesus, that peace from him, in me. If as we look at the letters, almost every one either starts or ends with a combination of grace or grace and peace to you. We know they're intertied, but I want to give you some of them just to remind you. Romans 1.7 says, grace and peace to you. Romans 16.20 says, the God of peace. 1 Corinthians 1, grace and peace to you. 2 Corinthians 1, grace and peace to you. 2 Corinthians 13, live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Galatians 1.3, grace and peace to you. Galatians 6.16, peace and mercy to all on whom follow this rule. Ephesians 1, grace and peace to you. Ephesians 6, peace to the brothers and sisters. And we could go on. Philippians, Colossians, Thessalonians, Timothy, Titus, Hebrews, all of them have similar benedictions or entries. I would like to tell you, I don't claim to know a lot about deep hurt. There are some people that I know have had childhood traumas, abuse, maybe abusive relationships, maybe addictions. I'm not going to claim that I know much about them at all. I'm an electrician. But I do believe that no matter what the area of our lack of peace is, that God's word is true. His plan is true, and his offer is true. But uh, I would add, we should have 
a good Christian counselor. They can have a PhD or they can maybe be the, the pastor or a trusted older friend, or maybe a spouse that we can um, use. Uh, I, I believe in counselors. I believe in Christian group help. I believe in careful medications. There may be a time and place for those, but it's in the context of what does the Bible really tell us about peace and seeking that. You know, we say that grace and peace are intertwined, and they are. God's grace and God's peace. So I don't know where all of you are at this morning. Perhaps some of you don't know Christ, and we use words like, are you saved? Do you know Christ? Have you asked him in your heart? They really are the same thing, talking about this inner decision that, okay, I'm going to follow the Lord. You can't really expect God's peace in your life if you don't know him. Now, this morning, you could change that. Uh, one of the elders, uh, Pastor Kevin, probably the person sitting next to you could tell you about Jesus and what that means. If you want his peace, you could get on that path today. As a Christian, are we in the habit of doing what's right? Am I selfish? Do I look for myself even as a Christian man? Um, do I work to support my, my family and myself? I can't really say, God, give me peace in my finances if I'm not out there doing what I can to work. And I can't ask for peace if I'm being selfish. So even as Christians, we have things that we need to assess and be honest with ourselves about. So what do we do? What do we do? 1 Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Now, I'd like to tell you that Scott casts all my cares. I'm, I'm learning on that. It's, like I said, it's three years. I've been, okay, Lord, what does this mean to have your peace? But uh, the instruction here is cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And this next, next set of verses, you could almost do this whole subject on this, but it's Matthew eleven, twenty-eight and 30. And he says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Do we come to him? Does Scott come to him? Is that okay? I'm feeling stressed. What am I going to do? What's my pattern to come to him in prayer and maybe come to him in the word, learn from him? Now, Scott's yoke sometimes is heavy, the yoke I put on myself. The, maybe I can be condemning of myself or others, have expectations that aren't reasonable, I think I can do more in a day than is possible. My list is longer than the hours allow. And so at the end of the day, I'm stressed because I didn't get an impossible list done. Now, whose yoke is that? That's my yoke. It's not the yoke of, okay, Lord, what would you have me to do today and live that day in peace? Now, I, I did give you kind of a little cheat sheet there. Hopefully you got it in your bulletin, if that helps you. 
I've kind of presented some of these questions, and for some people it works and some it doesn't. You do what suits you. But can you imagine, come to me, learn from me? Do we learn from him? How do we learn from him? Maybe from others. Paul says so. We can learn from him, learn from the word, learn from some people in this room. We can learn by prayer. And with the Holy Spirit's help, we can do that. Now, we've got these stupid things anymore. I'm probably the only one with one in here. But these can bring you a lot of stress. I want to be able to get a hold of Pastor Kevin 24 hours a day, and he better answer within two minutes. That's not reasonable. But that is what this does to you, constantly barding you with sales ideas. I mean, I open my phone, and Google has four things. At some point, I must have looked, and now I think it, it has the right to ping me. I don't like that. I don't know if that's your thing or not. Now, my mother uh, is here this morning, and I'm so glad to have her. <clears throat> I want to talk about kids for just a minute. There's, there's two things she told me. I don't even know when she told me for sure, but I believe that they're true. One is uh, a child's work is their play. You know, that's really all a child needs to do. They, they need to play. That's kind of their work. That's a great thing. And the other thing was we don't put adult burdens on children. And I'd ask if you have kids or grandkids or those around you. You know, I'm old enough. I went through third grade with the ice fingers coming down into North Dakota. The world's going to freeze. I went through Gorbachev and Reagan sleeping with the hand on the nuclear button. They were just ready to whack it at any time. I went through everybody's going to have AIDS because you get it off the door handle. We just went through the COVID scare we could probably go through some others, and um, let's not place adult concerns on children. If you have finance problems in your house, don't talk about them in front of your kids. If you have friends that uh, need the Lord, um, young kids just don't have the years or experience to put in that in context. So don't do that. Yeah, Let's give kids your play is your work, and... Uh, be selective in what information we allow them. When the, my kids were young, the, the master bedroom was at one on the end of the house upstairs, and the kids' bedroom was down in the bottom. And one night, tucking one of them in, I was kind of surprised. He, he said, Dad, I, I'm scared at night. I'm afraid somebody's going to come in and hurt me. Somebody's going to take me. And what I told him was, if you were me and had my strength and my size, would you be afraid? And he said, no. Now, I'm not the biggest guy out there, nor the strongest. I'm not saying that I am. But when you're eight, hopefully dad looks pretty strong. And uh, so I told him, I, I can't guarantee you that in every situation I can protect you. But I can guarantee you that with all my might, and all my power and all my strength and violence, if needed, I will protect you. And that was enough for him. Now, I'm limited. I can only do so much. My hearing's only so good. But our Father says, 
who made the world, who did all these credible things, says, cast your cares on me, come to me. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. All the strength in the world is his, and we can call on him, the Father with no limit. That's pretty awesome. So, as a Christian, we can even have sin in our life, and I think all of us sin at times and thought and deed. But we can't have God's peace if we have unrepented, ongoing, known things. And I hope for all of us that if we have some of those things, that the Holy Spirit would say, let's, let's stop doing that. Let's put them aside. We can't have God's peace without that. In our thinking, there are some books out there. Who knows Norman Vincent Peale? I mean, Norman Vincent Peale. He was an author from 30 years ago and basically involved in the faith movement. He wrote a book called The Power of Positive Thinking. And in my books, I've got a guy from, what's it, Napoleon, some, something from a generation ago, a sales guy about the power of positive thinking in sales. And, you know, God made the brain, and there's some real truth in that. I mean, uh, I want the elders, I want Pastor Kevin to be positive, I want to be with teams that are positive. There's some power in that. God made the brain to work. But um, there's limits to that. And um, I would rather much, instead of being the power of positive thinking, I'd rather be positive that God has the power. That he has the power if we go to him, if we seek him, if we know him. I'm, I'm pretty positive about that. I'm less positive about my positive thinking than knowing that God is powerful. So when I talk about what we think, I'm not talking about that way out there thing that is talking about cells or even healing or some other things. I believe in the power of that, but it's at the same time, I want to have that in God's balance. So... Uh, Isaiah 26.3 says, He will keep in perfect peace those whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Can you imagine that? He will keep in perfect peace. Now, I'd like to say I'm in perfect peace. I think we're on the process of that, of learning about him, of what that peace means. And until he returns... I don't think we're going to have perfect peace, but it says here that he will because he trusts in him, because his mind is stayed on you. It sounds like to me we have a responsibility with our thinking. His mind is stayed on you. So Scott has a decision. Will I keep my mind stayed on him? Philippians 4 Verses 4, this is a little longer passage, but I think it's well worthwhile. Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. 
And the peace of God, which transcends understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. It's a little longer passage, but uh, if I could hit a few points. Rejoice. Are you joyful? Are you thankful? Do you say, Lord, okay, I'm, this is kind of tough right now, but you've rescued me in the pa- past. You will again. You have the power to do that. Do we have thanksgiving? Do we present these things to the Lord and saying, Thank you for the kindness that you have showed us, for the gifts you have given us. We present our requests to God. We, say, we could say pray. We could say this morning we presented our requests to God. Then he says, finally. So, again, we have this piece of it, and I don't know quite how it works exactly, because God is the powerful one, and we just have to make a decision, though. But when we make a decision to follow him, to live his ways, he kind of unleashes his power and, and our peace in our life. And Paul here says, whatever you've learned and received or heard or seen in me, that's pretty bold. Can Scott say, whatever you've learned or seen or heard from me, uh, maybe in pieces, maybe there's some pieces there, but uh, what a great example of how to live. But there's a choice there. There's a, a choice. You know, he tells them to think this way. Do we make that choice? Does Scott make that choice? Second Corinthians 10, 4, the weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they are divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments of every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. When I think about taking captive, it's not a gentle term. I see of soldiers taking prisoners captive. I see of linebacker charging a running back and tackling them boldly. I see wrestlers going at each other and one taking captive. It's not a a light thing. It's it's a a serious thing. Uh, uh, Something that's just, okay, I'm I'm set on this. Do we take captive? It's, It's effort. It's decision. It's boldness. Do we take captive? You know, my downfalls in not taking captive may be something along the lines of of work issues. I have some stresses in my family. Uh, Politics, whatever your politics are, it seems like they're just crazy sometimes. Driving stress. I'm angry that that person is going 63 and a 60 and I want to go 67 because I want to get home a minute and a half earlier. So what I do is I trade a half an hour stress for a minute and a half getting home earlier. 
maybe sometimes I just need to slow down and say, okay, Lord, this is what it is, and I'm going to enjoy this. I, I, I'm sure I'm the only one that did that. You know, in deep stress, in deep stress, sometimes we don't think clearly. And at least one time in my life, I, I know for certain that the stress was deep enough that I just didn't, especially as I look back, I think, okay, I didn't have the ability to say, okay, there's three solutions here, this solution, this solution, the, they all have pros and cons, I'm going to evaluate and make the best one. That's the normal pattern of getting a cheeseburger or whatever. But there's times where we need help. That help can come from a spouse, a wife, a husband. It could come from a, a, a trusted friend. It could come from an elder. It can come from a trained professional counselor. I know the Bible doesn't have trained professional Christian counselors, but I think it had counselors. It had people that filled that role. In Titus 2, we have the instruction to Titus from Paul about training uh, younger women with from older women and, and young men with that older men would teach them. Proverbs 15.31 says, Whoever heeds life-giving correction will be home among the wise. 15.22 say plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors say succeed. And then in James 5.19 my brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from the error of their ways will save them from death and cover a multitude of sin. We have a mutual opportunity to, to do that. We saw a little bit of that this morning, or actually quite a bit. But uh, the idea that there's people in our lives that we're in stress that we can seek we can seek counsel hopefully we can listen to them i think of moses the moses who god spoke to in the burning bush the moses who god used to demonstrate to pharaoh his power who led him out of egypt god used to part the red sea god gave the 10 commandments to that moses was being unwise and what he was doing was he was trying to make judgments for the entire tribe of Israel, and it was impossible to do. Jethro, his father-in-law, came along and said, what you're doing is not good. He said, appoint men, capable men of tens or hundreds or thousands, and let them judge, and you take on the, the big cases. And Moses says, I'm going to do that. That's not, that's not quite in there, but he did. He took that advice, and uh, for all of us, I don't know what that looks like to you in your situation. Maybe it's just having, talking to somebody. If you're under a lot of stress, so I'd recommend air it with somebody that you trust. That's so important. Forgiveness, you know, uh, I think most of us at some point have forgiveness. I don't have personal trauma forgiveness things for the most part in my life i do have somebody that actually stole quite a bit from me in business a christian person claimed 
And I still have to sometimes say, okay, Lord, what does it mean to forgive them? I still have to come back because I kind of get pinged and I think, oh, that was so terrible. But I, I want to forgive. I'm learning to forgive. I continue to forgive. And um, I can't really have peace unless I'm willing to do what he asked me to do. When you have thankfulness, I mean, we should all be thankful for the gifts we have. So I kind of gave you a little list there, and um, I seem to have lost mine briefly. I'd, I'd ask you, you know, if it works for you, you know, even in your mind, do you have things that you need to cast off? You know, you got to, I can throw a shot put maybe 10 foot, but I can go back and pick it up tomorrow. I don't want to go pick it up again. I want to get rid of it and give it to Jesus and keep doing that. Do you have a yoke that you're carrying that is not good? That's something that you've placed on yourself that you need to say, okay, Lord, I'm willing to give that up. I want your yoke, your peace. What are your thoughts? Do you have thoughts of Sorts, and I'm not saying sinful thoughts, although it could be, but do you have thought patterns that say, okay, I'm going to worry tonight, I'm going to worry during when I drive, or do we go and say, okay, Lord, uh, this is what I'm thinking? We change that thought pattern. It, the Bible, Philippians 4, doesn't even think about, say, directly think about godly things. Think about good things. Think about excellent things. Think about things that matter. Think about family. Think about nature. I don't know. But think about great things. So rearranging our thoughts. When I pray, what I, I'm trying to do, what I'm, I'm learning to do more is say, Lord, I don't have the answers. I don't know what the answers are. I can surmise some things. But what is your solution to this problem? Whatever that problem is, yours are going to be different than mine. But what solutions do you offer? And I will say, I think it's amazing to me. It's not the peace button that God, boom, oh, the lights came on, although it could be. But I think it's more later when I look at it two hours later. I realize, oh, that was the Holy Spirit telling me. And a lot of times it's God knows more about electrical code than I do. I may be saying, okay, Lord, I have these situations, these scenarios, if I do this. But he knows more about than that, that than I do. And um, I find that when I ask him, he responds. And when I get later on down the road, I said, oh, that problem wasn't so bad. Do I go to him? with whatever it is, and, and maybe yours maybe is an electrical problem. Maybe it's home, work, housing, finances, kids, I don't know, your neighbor, whatever it may be. And then the last thing would be, you know, do you have a, any wise, trusted friend or counselor that you can go to and just say, help me sort this out, okay? I, here's what I'm seeing, and They'll listen to you and then give you good and godly advice. We all need that at times. 
whether we know it or not, we all need that at times, somebody to come alongside and say, have you considered this? Uh, have you looked at these options? Or I, I don't know how they phrase that. A good counselor will be gentle and kind to us, and um, sometimes age has its benefits. They've maybe been through it. But I'd like to thank you again this morning. I, I hope that this has helped you on your path to thinking about God's peace, about knowing him and uh, the things that can come and that we'd all uh, be on that path of forgiveness and knowledge and kindness and peace in our life. And when we get bumped off a little bit, that we would come back to that path and say, okay, Lord, get me back going. But uh, I appreciate the opportunity to speak with this, you this morning. Thank you.